Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete, number 169, is brought to you by No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Don't we ever seem to learn what to say or to leave? Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, an evening with Carol Ann Solabello, Karen Oliver, and the Yayas can be seen April 12th at 8 p.m. at Voices Cafe in Westport, Connecticut, and April 25th at 8 p.m. at Outpost in the Burbs in Montclair, New Jersey. If you live in either of those areas and are nearby, you should go check them out for an evening of fantastic folk music in the round. Okay, now on with Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it. Right now. Who? Top men. Anybody there? There is a problem. 
Oh, there's a problem. Block Talk Radio says the problem. Block Talk Radio. I love you, Block Talk Radio. Uh, Bishop here, wishing he could fix the show. Let's see. What if I hit buttons? I wonder. Stephen, are you there? PJ, PDP. can you hear me? PJ, can I you can hear, me? hear Cal. Okay, and I can hear PJ. So let's it's, do so, it, baby. So it's the PJ and Cal show. How are you, PJ? That's fine. Wait, Cal. Yay, the switchboard works. Hi, robot. Now it's where it's working. Yeah. All so right. PJ, how's it I going? I got scared from going great. Let me tell you, my house is clean, and my kids helped. Have you have you reached that state state yet? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I took the vacuum cleaner out and I said, "Listen, I'm going to clean and I need your help." And like for the first time ever, they didn't scatter. Really? Or, or give or give me an excuse. They were like, "Okay, tell us what you want us to do." So Wait a minute. It, it was amazing. And there was and with no what's in it for us implications behind it? Nothing. And I was amazed because as you know, Frozen just came out on Blu ray and D V D. Yes. Yes. I thought for sure I was gonna be asked for that. And nothing. They they willingly helped you and then then went about their life. They were just being sweet kids. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I guess And as I a result guess- yeah. yeah. Well, I can As see my carpet now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we found that's, that's, we found the floor over here at Bishop's house. That's the punchline. That is that is the punchline. So how's by you? How's what's going on? By me? Um we yeah. have those we have those moments. And and you're right. I guess it's hard to explain why you have those they're like pockets of, you don't see it coming. All of a sudden, they're, they're good kids. But the problem is that it, it then sets an expectation level. So the next time you expect them to be good and they're not, it's, yeah. it's crushing. It's crushing. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. You know? You keep, you keep looking at them going, when are you, when are you going to join us as right. humans? <laughs> <laughs> and, and not and these from, little consuming machines. Well, and from what I hear, it only gets worse. Right? Uh, well, with adolescence, there's, I mean, we're, we're seeing some attitude now, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit of attitude coming that. up. I'm becoming and dumber lot, and dumber. A whole, a whole lot of crying, too. <laughs> there's a lot of crying. I don't know. I don't remember this much crying in my childhood. Maybe it's the kind of thing no. you forget. But I, I don't think I was a crier like this. No, but ev- like everything. Yeah. Everything, it's, you know, every, everything is the worst thing that's ever happened ever. And another thing, as we wait for Steve to call in, San Pete, where are you? No, he's there. He's working on it. He's, oh, he's, he's just got he's just... Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's doing his best to All right. connect and Plug not it into the uh, thing, Steve. break something. Because he's not happy. Oh boy! <laughs> How does well, this sound? 
No, well, there oh. it is. He's there. See? see? See, we did it, boys. We did it. It just took some perseverance, right. but he got, he got there. Once again, another crystal smooth sailing, easy way, easy entry into the podcast. Good job, everybody. It was okay. We well, had we were riffing over here. It's fine. I heard you guys vamping. Yeah, that was just talking vamping. about the kids having a coffee. I did. I know. It sounds like you guys are online at the uh, at the A and P. That's what we were doing. Exactly. I was waiting to hear how's how's, how's Emma's chicken pox. Oh, you know. You know that one. <laughs> Have you, uh, so I don't know if the intro was heard at all. The yeah. intro, well, well, the intro, the pre-recorded intro came across just fine. Sure, thank you. No, fuss, very nice. no, no fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Very nicely done, very well produced, slickly produced. And then yeah. the, f- the, f- the full theme song was played, which made yes. me think that something must be wrong, because you usually start... <laughs> Halfway through and that, it, I was like, oh, wow. And then it went into he must Stairway be to Heaven. enjoying it. <laughs> then he put on uh, the song remains the same version of No Quarter. Right. Which is, which is 27 minutes long. You had uh, Alice's Restaurant queued up, right? <laughs> Just in case. How many Yes songs can we play <laughs> till I can figure out? Actually, it would just be two, basically. All you would need is two Yes songs. That's all you need. To figure out, uh, you know, and you know what the solution was, fellas? What's that? Unplug it and plug it back in. No kidding. That's it. Sometimes. That's, you could, you could work in IT. That's it. Move. Um, anyway, this is, uh, I'm going to do the intro, Hell or High Water. I don't give a damn. Please. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and St. Pete, episode number 169. Coming to you live. We may have to trim the beginning of this. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New, Freehold, New Jersey, and Bayside, New York. It's the Radio Unload radio program. It's March 20th, 2014. It's 10 p.m. It's Thursday night. It's 10 after 10. It, <laughs> it, it remains time for Radio Unload, talking New York sports nice. I'm one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, the aforementioned San Pete. Here's my co-host, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hi, Cal. That's it. Let's bring in PJ. Let's bring in PJ. Here he is, the bishop. Hi, bishop. How you doing? How you doing? Pleased to meet you. How you doing? Good to see you. Great. Good to right to it. Okay. Ooh. Compressed. All right. Excellent. There's uh there's a ton of sports to talk about tonight. But I'm glad your house is clean. <laughs> it was this this was a rare occurrence. This was an all hands thing that does not happen around here. So No, and I, I, I even I even said the punchline and I couldn't get my mic to work and that was when you guys were talking about Pete you were saying how you, you saw the rug or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I even threw in the punchline without a working microphone. I said, I didn't even know we had rugs. Right. I had forgotten. <laughs> it's been so long since. When did we get these gorgeous hardwood floors? Right. Right. Exactly. I hey, are you, Peej, I have an awesome idea for the fun load tonight. We're going to do a, a very, very regimented, segmented show tonight. <laughs> Starting now. Terrible. Starting now. Starting now. But, uh, but, but before we actually do that, um, I, I do want to talk about this uh, later, Peach. But are you watching Cosmos? I know you are. Uh, only the first one. I'm, I'm behind now. Okay. Cal, did yeah. you watch Cosmos? I, I'm, I'm behind. I have them all queued up. So there's, there's been two so far? 
No, think, no spoilers. The Earth is six billion years old. <laughs> I think there's been two. Right. No spo- No spoilers. <laughs> well, now you're going to get callers because you know that's up for debate. Right. Have you seen them both, Steve? I have watched one and a half. Are they as great as everybody says they are? They're pretty great. Okay. It's a pretty great thing. Uh, I'm surprised in several ways and on several levels. A, that it's on Fox. Uh, B, that it really, the first one really like flies directly in the face of, of certain things. Um, like almost on purpose. Hmm. But I think I, I think uh, the host uh, Neil I always I always get the Tyson and the <laughs> the grass wrong, which I, I I always invert them or flip them. We'll say it. Neil Tyson DeGrass. No. No. Neil DeGrass Tyson. Yeah. You, you had, overthought. You had two I, choices. <laughs> I knew I was gonna blew it. Yeah. And I blew it. <laughs> uh. Peach, what are, what are your thoughts, please, on the first one? Well, I love that guy. And he had me at Mirrored Spaceship. As soon as he got in the Mirrored Spaceship, I was like, that's it. I'm in. The Mirrored the Spaceship is, pretty is awesome. The animation is terrific. The narration is terrific. Uh, the whole learning your cosmic neighborhood is great. Really well presented. I had a bit of a problem with the Alan Silvestri score. Oh, he's trying to make you feel it. Yeah, he really... You know, you guys know how, like, a score is supposed to sneak up on you? Like, yes. to, me, to me, a good movie score sneaks up on you. Like, you don't even realize you're being moved by the music. Until you then yeah. realize it. But That's at right. that point, it's already happened. Yeah. Right. This is, this is, like, score set on 11. Like, trying so hard. I am going to move you. Right. Are you are you listening to how much I'm moving you right now? <laughs> it also feels uh, unbelievably like I'm watching Back to the Future Four. <laughs> it, it may be it may be a touch too cinematic for what they're doing. It, you could it, have really dialed it back. Yeah, I just think it. I just I don't think it's. I I can't wait to get your take on this, Cal, because I don't think it's adding. I think it's actually taking away from it because I'm noticing it too much. And, and I don't like being manipulated emotionally by a score. I don't. All right. Really? Oh. No, I, on purpose. Like, in other words, I, I don't want the music to reach out to me and be like, this is the time where you feel melancholy. Right. This is the this sad is, part. This is, this is the part of the movie where if you're not crying, you're a piece of rock, you have no emotions, right. you should probably seek counseling. Right. I don't, I don't like that. Like, just, again, like, it should sneak up on you. It should be like I'm, you're watching this scene, and the score is underneath, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I know someone. I feel good about this. Or I feel great about this. I, think, know, it's a, I think it's a Fox thing. Like Ghostbusters. Like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters had a score? <laughs> of course. I thought it was just well, the one the song. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the song. I thought it was the just mood. the one song that went on and on and on and on. 
Saving the Day is in there too, Peach. Saving the Day. Saving the Day. Come on now. Right? You're hearing it, right? Yeah. Again. Sneaky. You've seen that movie a hundred times. Never noticed the score. But it's there. Interesting. Anyway, that's my take on Cosmos. I can't wait to see it. It's, it, it is really good. I tell you, I'm not going to be watching a lot of sports in the near future, so I'll catch up on Cosmos. No, sir. Yeah. Well, well what they, you... now that they confirmed the Big Bang also, I mean, there may be a, they may add a new chapter. <laughs> they, uh, the Big Bang Theory, the TV show, they've confirmed that that's a TV show? No. No, that show has confirmed that the Big Bang exists. <laughs> they, they just did it in comedic form. Has anybody watched How I Met Your Mother, How I Married Your Mother, How I Met Your Married Mother? What's the name of that show? Uh, Neil Tyson deGrasse. <laughs> That's correct. Right. Neil deGrasse. Married Tyson. your mother. How I married your Neil. How I married Neil Tyson deGrasse. His mother. Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris is deGrasse in a spaceship meeting your mother, and there's a big bang when they meet. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's uh, I would watch that show. How do we how do we green how do we, how do we green light that one? I would watch that show. That's a summer replacement show. <laughs> That's definitely a, a summer replacement. That airs right after Big Brother. Correct. Big Brother <laughs> seven, 17, 18? What are they on now? Big Brother, Little Sister. You know the guy who the guy who won the first Big Brother was from Comac, Cal. Eddie McGee. Yep. Eddie the, McGee. the one-legged Eddie McGee. Correct. Yes, I, I know him, actually. Well, we all know him from Comac. No, no, I didn't know him in Comac. Oh, okay. I, I met him in Los Angeles. Oh, after Big Brother. Correct. Yeah, he moved out to L.A. He was very good friends with a, a mutual friend. We had a mutual friend. There's a better way of saying that, usually, in, in America. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine had written a pilot, and he wrote a part for Eddie. Oh, wow. And so we did a read of it a couple of times and stuff. Man, he's a nice guy. Didn't really care that I was from Comac. No, huh? You would have thought that would have been like we hit it off and... Would have been a good icebreaker. Yeah, he won Big Brother. He was a little bigger, brother. He was was really feeling his oats. But you know what? A couple of years later, I bet you Comac goes a little higher on the resume than Big Brother. (laughs) Well, now that there's been 38 winners of Big Brother, it's not so unique. That's right. Yeah. Tell, us, a, tell the time. us about yourself. Well, I'm from the lovely town of Comac. <laughs> and I was also on a little show <laughs> called Big Brother. Right. That's like 20 minutes into the interview. Right. I also right. won Big Brother season right. one. I don't, I don't really talk about it much. Exactly. I am from Comac. There's a motor inn and a white castle. <laughs> it's a good town. It's a great town. All right, we're gonna we're gonna let's go talk about sports because we're gonna bring you back for I have uh, a proposal from the fun load and I would like to do a fun loadette. What are we doing? Are we having a board That's meeting right. about this? We we everybody in the conference room. Stat. I I don't like PowerPoint, so you better now. be ready. <laughs> There's an eighty pound gorilla in the room. Everybody in the conference room. Stat. Is it a fun loadette or a fun loadette? 
I think we need uh, the bishop ruling on this. Well, I think we uh, we have previously agreed that it's a loadlet, not a loadette. That's that's like that's like the girlfriend in the varsity jacket. Loadette. Yeah. Hey, meet Deborah. She's my loadette. Oh, I thought that was her name. Like, hey, look, it's Lodette Di Sarcina. <laughs> in, my var- in my varsity jacket. What'd she do with my jacket? What'd she do to my Lodette jacket? Hey, Lodette. <laughs> you know what this means? We got to get matching jackets now. That's right. RTU jackets coming. I don't care what they cost. We got to get them now. And they all have the name Lodette. Lodette. <laughs> the, the, the script name Lodette. I'll tell you what, if we get if we get bowling shirts, I know what I'm getting on mine. <laughs> we'll be fighting over who gets to be Lodette. Did you see Lodette in the cafeteria? Mud on with the thing. <laughs> She's wearing my letters. It's not right. Oh she didn't God. pole vault. <laughs> She's not Lodette. all. She's not all state in the shop put. Lodette, you know that belongs to me. <laughs> Lodette, why don't you come here and get it? Because you know, you know, Lodette's got a ton of attitude. Right, you're not chewing enough gum to say <laughs> that. <laughs> right. All right, whatever, right. Vinny, come over here and get it. All right. Yeah. She's no Lodette. Come that, on. That, so, so that if there's a Lodette, she's sassy. <laughs> she's sassy. And her hair is her hair is nineteen eighty nine high. Yeah. Like still. I, like this girl. I think I think I think I'm starting to like Lodette. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Steve. Come and get your jacket. Oh jeez. Pa- pause attraction. She she sounds uh, remarkably like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. Obviously. Which everybody knows is pause attraction. If you've ever been stuck in the mud in Alabama. I have a friend. I have a friend at work. Uh, this girl Erica, who does that entire thing perfectly, like perfectly, the entire testimony, the Marissa Tomei testimony on the stand. She does it absolutely perfectly. This little Jewish girl from Long Island, <laughs> and she kills it. Absolutely kills it. That's a good one to have in the repertoire. And I she, think. it was out of. Have you ever had that? Like somebody you don't expect to a have. The, the pop culture reference, and B, to do it perfectly. I mean, perfect. She's an attorney. Like, it was just out of nowhere. I've never experienced that. And she did the whole monologue. She does the whole monologue. Which, of course, is Pa's attraction. <laughs> I was like, who are you? She was like channeling Marissa Tomei. <laughs> the one line we've been using from that movie a lot lately. By the way, my cousin Vinny holds up well. Does. When did you last see it? Uh, about three weeks, maybe a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, popped it on. I think it was on. I think it was on like HBO or something. So it was the full, the full movie. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and we just, for some reason, the, uh, you know, when he's holding up the fingers for the, for the woman to see in the courtroom to test her vision. <laughs> And he does that. Mrs. Yeah. Jenkins. And only Mrs. Jenkins. <laughs> We've been doing that a lot in the office. Because, like, you'll, you'll ask a question and somebody will just, like, blurt out the answer that is not the person you asked the question of. And I'll be right. like, Errol, 
And only Errol. It's pretty good. All right, let's talk sports. All right. Peach, we'll be back momentarily. All right. All right. Well, here's one of my Time for the big unload. I'm so touched that you used my soundbite. I'm not giving these guys a dime. You better cut this new music off. <laughs> they got enough of my money in 1996, all right? Time for the big unload. <laughs> I love that somebody here is bitter about about a CD he may have bought in 1996 and several concerts he may have attended. I think I went to three that year. Wow. Anyway, it's a perfect song. I've been waiting. Peach, you just said that you were ecstatic that I used your soundbite. I've been waiting all day to use that for the big unload because <laughs> it perfectly encapsulates how fan bases of our teams are feeling right now. So here's how I want to do the show tonight, Cal. Here's what I'm thinking about. Because you and I have been talking about a ton of stuff all week, and there's a lot to unpackage here. So I want to do it in in, an orderly fashion. Okay. we, We have to talk about the Jets and free agency and what the beat writers are writing that's current, that's up to date, that's now, that's happening, that's hip. We have to talk about the, who the Giants signed and, and you know, Rogers Cromarty and how much money they're spending. And clearly Jerry Reese, to me, has an edict that he needs to win and do something. He's playing the win-now game. Small window with Eli, small window with Coughlin. He's trying to make this team a Super Bowl team in one shot. Well, I think we just, we just covered that then. Um, and, then, and, then of course, next. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the Mets. And what's going on with the Metropolitans? You, at a level of frustration, usually reserved for the second week of August, now, 11 days before the season, and the A word creeped in. Mm-hmm. And it's not awesome. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's also not alchemy, artichoke, none of these. Um, so we need to talk about that. And then, but I want to start, before we get to the Frustrated Incorporated... I want to start on a positive note, if I may, if I may be allowed to. Oh, I'm, it's, it's a little, it will be selfishly positive, I think, but I think we can all share in it, right? I would like us to. I, I don't, I, there's no reason we can't. And I'll tell you why. I'm dying to hear it. You and I have experienced... And this is not a woe is me situation. These are the facts. We've experienced so much uh, abject misery with the teams that we root for, especially lately. There's the the day that Matt Harvey died. Uh, The day that the 2014 Mets season died. Same day. There's the John Tavares injury in the Olympics. There's the general play of our teams. Like all this stuff, Cal, is... Really rough. It's been rough with the Mets and the Jets and, and the Islanders. and It's been really rough. You could even throw the Knicks in there. You can absolutely throw We should talk about Phil Jackson. Yeah. 
it's been very, very rough. So today started March Madness. Now, you and I, we've been, this is our fifth March Madness while we're doing this show. Boy. And uh, a couple of the early years, we had a great uh, buddy of mine who was uh, sort of an NCAA expert, uh, big-time expert. Uh, we had him on the show. He used to do a great job for us, first couple of NCAAs. We haven't really talked about it much in the last few years uh, as it's been going on. But this year is a little different for me. And this happened, what, three years ago Dayton was in or four years ago? I don't remember. Um, Maybe three. But my alma mater, which is the University of Dayton, which is a small school, you know, in the A-10, a mid-major, um, you know, good basketball program, but, you know, decent. But when they make the tournament, it's a big deal. They don't make the tournament every year. They're not a perennial powerhouse in basketball and I follow them and it's been great with them in the A-10 I get to watch them on TV you know four or five times a year because uh, they're on MSG so I'm familiar with the team I'm obviously a proud alumni alumnus uh, from the University of Dayton so the tournament was kind of special the tournament kicked off today it's an interesting field um, you have an undefeated team that nobody thinks is very good Wichita Mm-hmm. Uh, Wichita State, whatever. We're not going to go knee-deep into the NCAA tournament. I got some joy from sports today. It's It had been a while. As the Dayton Flyers upset, it's a mild upset. They were only six-point dogs. No, but they were an 11 seed. But they were an 11 seed, absolutely. It was the seeding upset. It wasn't, uh, you know, they weren't like 17 and 12 and won their conference tournament and got they got an at large bid and they were they are a good team but it's an upset they beat a big 10 team uh in ohio state which is just glorious um i mean that would be like the johnnies beating syracuse cal you know yeah it's a huge it's great you know dayton has a couple of natural rivals xavier is one of them Ohio State has to be one. It it is, but it's not as big as Xavier because Xavier was in the same conference for the longest time. All right. Used to be Cincy because they were in the same conference as Cincinnati, and 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 you know Dayton is only forty minutes away from Cincinnati, uh, very close to Xavier as well. But obviously, there's there's a a chip on our shoulder, us uh, UD Flyers about Ohio State. Ohio State's the big school, and you know with a hundred and 100,000 undergrad or whatever the hell it is. And, you know, Dayton has about nine, ten thousand 10,000 students. It's a Catholic university. You know, it's a private school. Um, it's been around for 160 years. You know, it's not like it's... Uh, it, it had a very rich basketball tradition in the 50s and the 60s, um, including making a couple of final eights, making a final four, uh, winning a bunch of, you know, a couple of... Not a bunch, a couple of NITs. Won the NIT a couple of years ago in 2011. Um, so it's not... You know, it's it's they're they're not uh, Gonzaga 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Well, they're legitimate. They, they are a legitimate on mid-major. a small on a small scale. That's right. They're a legitimate mid-major program. But they beat Ohio State today in thrilling fashion, and it was the first game of the tournament. Yeah. So everybody was watching. So Twitter was sort of abuzz with Dayton stuff, and it was really cool. That's my school. Yeah. So I wanted to share, we're so negative, and it's, we're not trying to be, but everything in our particular sports spectrum has been so negative for a while. 
I wanted to share some of the nice. That is nice. It was really great. It was, re- and it was. I mean, I really thought that last, the last shot by the Ohio State kid was gonna go. I couldn't well, believe he got it off in the first place. He got mugged. And uh, and then it almost went. I mean, it came really close to to, to going. But V. Sanford hits the shot for Dayton uh, with about 3.7 seconds left. And uh, great shot. Banks open late. Goes high off the glass. And uh, it was really uh, a nice day, sports-wise. For a change. That is nice. And now they play Cuse. It'll be a good game. Cuse is in the house. I think they can play with Syracuse. I really do, Cal. Well, you know, Syracuse is not the same Syracuse that they were for the first four months of the year. Down the stretch, they really struggled. So, no. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow it enough to know if they've righted the ship in time. I would imagine that Jim Beheim's got them focused now that they're in the tournament. Yeah. But, uh, but they, you know, when, when you get an upset like this, I think there's a lot of momentum behind it. And I think that... Dayton will take that momentum into the game and make it a much more competitive game than it might have been normally. Yeah, and, and I think the, the, the Dayton's, the UD's team is very young, really good coach, really good young coach. He's only like 37. Archie Miller took over three years ago, had been under Lute Olson in Arizona. Um, he had taken over the program from Brian Gregory, who did a really nice job. Brian Gregory was there for eight or nine years. I think he made two tournaments, you know, made the tournament two or three times. Um, he had come from Michigan State under uh, Tom Izzo. So Archie Miller's done a really nice job recruiting. Um, there's some really good uh, kids there. They're young. They're athletic. They can shoot a little bit. They get solid point guard play, which is something that Dayton has always lacked in big tournaments. Um, their, their point guard play is always very erratic. Uh, they can play, and, they're, they, and they are athletic. And, of course, they have their obligatory six-foot-eight white kid from Ohio, which is great. Um, so anyway, that was, that was fun to watch. Okay, we can move on. To the ridiculousness now. I just wanted to enjoy my one sports moment. That's fine. Yeah, my um. Can we play? Can somebody cue up one shining moment, please? Can we get one shining moment going? <laughs> one moment in time. Is that? Is no, that, two different songs. That's a different song, isn't it? Two, two different. Yeah. What's that song? That's Whitney Houston. One moment in time. Whitney Houston. Where? <laughs> Where does this magic moment fit in? That is um, the the Supremes. Four tops. Seven tops. This no. This magic moment. I. When your lips. That's like a love song though. That doesn't. That's not a sports song. No. It's the Drifters featuring Benny King. (laughs) Who who said that? (laughs) Nice nice drop in, Peach. You're welcome. Is this God? <laughs> that was that was magnificent. Speaking of which, did I tell you what I did to Wesley? I'll tell you another time. <laughs> did I tell you what I did with the camera? Um, no. The baby monitor camera. I took it. I was when I had the kids by myself. I put Casey's <laughs> camera in the living room where Wesley was, so I could watch him while I was putting Casey to sleep, and I had the monitor. Well, the monitor features a talk button, so you can talk through the camera. So you could talk to him through the camera. Right, that's right. So you could, the idea is you're soothing the baby 
without having to go in the room, which <laughs> we've nev- idea. never used, never worked. Okay. This is the first usage of it was I'm, I'm in Casey's room putting him to sleep, and Wesley's in the living room, which is, you know, we're talking about a separation of about six feet. Oh, still. You know, yeah, a hallway, basically. But I can see what he's doing. Right. <laughs> so he doesn't know. I put the camera there. He didn't see me do it. What are so, you setting up a punked? So right, so he stands up. He's watching like Dora, and he stands up on the couch and is jumping, because my my son cannot sit still for three seconds. Like he watches TV standing up. He's moving around. He's got a leg. Like he just does not. He's got. My grandmother used to say he's got famiglas. I don't know what those are, but he just never stops moving. Right. So he's so. As he's watching Dory, he's all into it. A song comes on. He's dancing. He stands up on the couch and he's jumping up and down on the couch. So I, so I hit the talk button, and so he hears from nowhere. Wesley, stop jumping on that couch now! <laughs> stopped. The poor kid stopped in his tracks and was like, "What, what is oh. going on here?" <laughs> what is going on? He like sat down immediately and just was like looking around like. Oh man, they got this place wired. Dad's omnipotent. If you don't send that into some sort of Dave <laughs> Dave Coulier show, it was on hidden video. It was great. Then, like you know, twenty minutes later, he was like standing on a table or sitting or laying down on like a table or something like that oh. again while watching TV because he's like not paying attention. <laughs> I'm like Wesley, get off the table, and now he's like hip to it. Now he's like... No, he's going to keep doing it. So no, no, now he gives, like, the wave. Like, all right, you got me. Okay. Oh. The first time, I just scared the crap out of him. The second time, he's like, all right, whatever, old man. So, anyway, sorry. You never let me have any fun. I know. Yeah, he's he's three. He's already doing the... Uh, I can't do anything. <laughs> sorry, Dad. I can't do anything. <laughs> Okay, so which which do you want to go for first? I really don't care less. Whatever you want to do. So that's you could care less. I couldn't care less. I mean, could right? you, could you care a little? I care. I care enough to be here right now doing this. <laughs> well, well, great. And that's and that's that's where my level of caring stops. Is that sports <laughs> right now? Is that supposed to make me feel better? It should. Do you have a problem with – we've been talking about this a ton, so let me just – but I'm, I'm not sure I know your actual answer right now. Do you have a problem with John Itzik's approach right now to free agency for the Jets? No. Go on. No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's a little frustrating. Why is it frustrating? It's, I, you know, I think what's frustrating is the reaction to it, if I, had to, if I had to think about it. Excellent. Exactly. I don't think his approach is frustrating. It's a, it's a little frustrating to see so many guys <laughs> sign elsewhere. Is that going to be needle dropped every time we say? Oh, that's so perfect. It's really good. It's so perfect. I think that is the more alarming thing, 
right now. It's well, that's what it is because this is what we you know look. I'm happy with the fact that we don't know what he's doing really behind this. We don't know what his plan is. Yeah, I don't. Or, I don't. Or who his targets are. I'm right. fine with that. I in fact I find it refreshing from the way that it's been around here for the last five years or whatever. It's, it's good. It's good. Totally but, agree. You know, but uh, maybe that fr- frustrating is maybe not the right word. Can you find a Soul Asylum song that talks about being envious of something? <laughs> or jealous? Hey, jealousy, get the gym blossoms up. Because that's what it is. <laughs> I like how you got there. Right? <laughs> I was just going to let you do it. And wait, I, knew, I knew you'd get there. Well, you know, wait till I bring the Spin Doctors into this, and then we'll have the whole trilogy of... Don't, uh, don't you dare. ...of mid-'90s alt-rock. Yeah. No, my point is I'm, I'm, I see all of these players signing in other places, and, and we, the Jets still do have holes. I, 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 I like, eh, God, I, I, wish, I wish we would sign somebody. But ultimately, I'm fine with what he's doing. And our good buddy over at Turn on the Jets, Joe Caparoso, and he's, he's been leading the charge of preaching patience and kind of buying into this plan. And it's, it's funny because it's almost like if you read Joe's tweets, every day he has to remind you what day it is. Right. He reminds you it's today. It's March 20th. Free agency just started nine days ago. They don't have a game. They don't have a game for six months. Season doesn't start for six months, um, and he's and he's absolutely right. And that's really how I do feel about about John Edzik and the Jets. So I'm I'm okay with what he's doing, but the reaction to it is just I I can't take much more of it. I think that's yeah. I I I, I definitely agree, Brian. I think that's been one of the more sort of disappointing things about all of this free agency is that like the, the fan our, our fan bases our shared fan bases just continue to like let us down or at least at the very least overreact now there's a thing called jets twitter we've talked forever about mets twitter these are things now these are like entities that exist that are parts of a fan base that's our fan base that just overreact one way or the other, either end of the, of the polar spectrum, to everything that goes on, every little nugget. And now you have actual beat writers responding to that in kind. Right. So in other words, Manesh, uh, Manish Mehta, uh, Mehta of the Daily News, New York Daily News, our boy Manesh, is, is basically taking Jet's Twitter, quote-unquote, reaction and making that the story. And amplifying it. Right. And, which is what he did this week. And, and basically got made fun of by his own colleagues. So, you know, that's twice in one week that Manish, uh, Manish took a beating from his own colleagues. I mean, when Rich Semini is the voice of reason, <laughs> like things have really gotten out of hand. Rich Semini hasn't enjoyed a day on the beat covering the Jets in the 17 years he's been covering them. And he had to be like, everybody just calm down. Even though what they're doing is wrong, which I love that Rich gets that in there. Right. I don't agree with it, but yeah, it's still early. But can we, can we just talk about 
or I, I, I want to ask you about the on the field, this team, the way it's constructed with Michael Vick coming in for a visit tomorrow. And I know you and I have both been on, we've both been talking about how we want no part of Michael Vick uh, as backup for the Jets. You heard Idzik today. I don't know if you heard him. He and Rex had a, uh, a phone press conference. I, I, I saw highlights of it. Which, which, is, which is great. Again, they, and then they gave exclusive interviews to Eric Allen from, <laughs> from Jets.com and no one else. That's great. I love it. I mean, talk about controlling the message. And also talking about like a big F you to the papers and stuff. But Cal, he, he talked about Michael Vick and bringing in Michael Vick because he has familiarity with Marty Morningway. So fine. I, I don't want him here. I think he fails as a backup for one simple reason. He's fragile. I mean, if he's coming in here to compete for a starting job. Is he? Legitimately compete? I don't know. We don't know that. But if he's coming to legitimately compete for a starting job, that's one thing. If he's coming to have a shot at the starting job and have to unseat Gino and likely going to be a backup, he's an awful backup because he's fragile. The last thing you want is for Gino Smith to go down in a game and then Michael Vick gets into the game and breaks his leg and now you, you know, or sprains his hamstring or whatever he does. And now you've got Michael Vick lost for three weeks. You've got Geno Smith lost for three weeks. And it's the Matt Sims era. Well, the only thing I would say about that is that if he's, if he's a backup, you're mitigating the amount of time he's on the field. You know? I'm just saying, I'm just saying in my opinion, you want your backup quarterback to be sturdy. No, I understand, I understand that. I mean, I that's, that's one of the immediate qualifications for the backup quarterback, right? Like, you want the backup quarterback to be sturdy. Right. Because if your starter goes down, you don't want the backup getting hurt. You know, right. the other thing, I mean, the turnovers you can talk about. I don't understand this idea of mentoring. I mean, why does he got to be a mentor? Why does he have to mentor uh, Geno Smith? Just show up at practice, be a good guy. That's fine. But he's got to take him under his wing. What the hell do we have a quarterback coach for? Well, I, I, I buy a little bit of that. He's got to set a good example by being a good practice player or something like that. That's fine. Any player should be that. You should expect that out of any player. But this right. idea that he's going to take Gino under his wing, why? A, why should he? And B, why should he have to? But where, where is this idea coming from? I, I see it everywhere. Oh, he where? would be... No, seriously. Wait, this is, this, I want to I wanna talk about this. Where are you getting this? I've, I've seen legitimate beat reporters say it. Okay. What kind of influence he's going to be on Geno Smith, and is he going to take him under his wing, and is he going to be a, a good mentor? And, right. Because you know, they talk about Mark Brunel all the time. Right. With Sanchez. Well, the thing, and we just, we just got finished talking about this, is the fact that Idzik is controlling the message. Right? Yeah. We, we don't know why he's doing what he's doing or what his plan is. And he could be, he could be bringing Michael Vick in for a million other reasons than to be a mentor to Geno Smith. That is all being manufactured by the media. And you're right. It's by legitimate media and it's by the guys in the media that we actually trust and respect. Right. But the bottom line is it's still speculation because we're not getting anything out of them. Yeah. 
You know, so that's 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 why. No, you're right. I take that I take that information with a little bit of grain of salt. Cal, they could be they could be bringing in Michael Vick to put a scare into Mark Sanchez. Because Mark, Mark Sanchez is out of options. The the quarterback market is drying up. The Jets have yet to release him. He's not going to make it past Monday the 25th. They're not going to pay him $2 million to be on the roster. Right. The Jets are weighing their options. I understand why they haven't cut him yet, but the jobs are going. I mean, the Raiders, uh, not the Raiders, the Texans signed Ryan Fitzpatrick today. And the Raiders, I think, are going to trade for Schaub. And the Raiders are trying to trade for Matt Schaub. So the, the market's drying up. And... Maybe they're bringing Michael Vick in to put a scare into Mark Sanchez to say, hey, look, Mark, you better restructure. Okay, or we're going to release you, we're going to sign Vick, we're going to release you, and you're not going to have a job. So you might as well restructure and stay here. So I mean, it's in, entirely possible. So in that scenario, then Michael Vick doesn't have a job. Right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what they're thinking. But also... And the argument has been made. You and I have discussed this. Who's a better backup for this team? Mark Sanchez or Michael Vick? Yeah, Mark Sanchez is a, is a better backup for this team. In a, in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a better back. He is. He's younger. He's, I mean, he had an arm uh, issue last year. Before that, he was remarkably durable. He knows the offense. He's got a year in it. You know the thing that always strikes me about Mark Sanchez, and, and I, I know I'm not going to go as far as apologizing for him, but on the same token, I know that people can't stand him and want him gone as soon as possible. The one thing that sticks out with me, with Mark Sanchez from last year, is that after that surgery, he was there at every game, yep. and he was involved in every discussion that we saw on the sideline with Geno Smith, and he did all of the right things. And for a kid that was, we labeled as immature and not really getting it for this, his first four years here, last year I, I, was, I, was, I was impressed yeah. by, by what I saw. Maybe he grew up a little bit with not – I mean, he said as much, but it sounded like sort of athlete speak. But maybe he grew up a little bit having the game taken away from him. Maybe. For the first time in his life, he can't play. And then somebody else went out there and, and had a little bit of success. Yeah. Do you – so, okay, a couple more minutes on the Jets, and then I want to move on. Do you think that right now, as they're constituted, Rex said today, it's going to be really hard to unseat Geno Smith. Do you think they believe that? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think, I think they like what they saw out of him in, in the last three games of the season. Okay. And look, he did he did himself a lot of good by the way he played those last three games after the he, benching, right? Yeah, because what he did was he pulled himself up. He didn't sulk. He didn't spiral out of control. He took that message yeah. and he came back and and look, he, he was he wasn't a Pro Bowl quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but for a, for a rookie quarterback that had a rough year, he ended the season on a positive note. And that's momentum that I think the management of the Jets feels they could build on. Don't you think that Michael Vick would ruin some of that momentum? I don't know. Just it, because he, you know he wants to start? Yeah, I, well, maybe. 
I mean, if Mark Sanchez stays here, is he in a legitimate competition with Gino, or does he have to play lights out to unseat Gino? I think he would have to play lights out to unseat right. Gino. I think Michael Vick would have to play lights out to unseat Gino. See, I don't think he would. Yeah, I think, I think he would. I think, if, I think if they're even... They're going to give it to Vick? Yeah. No. I, Whereas I, if, if they're even, Sanchez and Smith are even, or deemed as even, I think they give it to Gino. I think I think they really want Gino to be the quarterback here, and and they're going to give him every chance yeah, yeah. to be the quarterback. Um, I don't know. I've I've softened a little bit on Vic. Here's the one thing about Michael Vic that you can I say. Have, I have two weirdly. Yeah, I guess, I guess, and and maybe it's you know the old someone tells you not to do something enough, you're going to want to do it. It's also becoming more and more of a probability. Or the probability is going way up. It's almost becoming an inevitability, and you're like, ah, I better start justifying this now. Right. Talk yourself into let me, it. Let me start my rationalization process now. That's true. And just head it off at the past. Because I felt, I felt myself saying it this morning. Yeah. Like they were talking about him uh, on Boomer and Carton or whatever, and I, I found myself saying it this morning. I'm like, you know what? I, I said a couple – I said like two months ago that Vic would be the ideal backup. Why? What changed? But here's the problem, and this, this will kind of tie this segment up into a, a nice little bow to, to where we started. All right, sir. Three years ago. Sure. Okay, and let's, let's just take where we are now, but bring the management of three years ago into it. So now you're talking, this is Woody and Tannenbaum and Rex just completely running the show. And they brought Michael Vick in this year. Okay. It's for one reason – and one reason only, and that's just to, to further the circus atmosphere. Right. John Idzik's not bringing Michael Vick in here for a story. No. Or for publicity. He's bringing him in here because he believes he's the best guy to come in and back up G- or, or compete with Geno Smith. And the problem is that the minute they sign Vick, they're going to put the, they're going to put the picture of Bozo the Clown on the back page. The circus is back in town, and they're going to, you know, it'll probably be a dog in a Bozo wig right. is, is what they'll use. You well, know? The, and well, the post will, yeah. The post will. But that, but that's, and that's where we are when you talk about being frustrated with sports and the reaction to things from our fan base and from the media. That's what's going to happen when they sign Michael Vick. And I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. And that's, but that's what frustrates me. But that's a great... You, you just made a really good point. It's... They can do that all they want. It's just not true anymore. Right. John Itzik, as GM of the Jets, is not bringing any football player in here for any other reason than can he play football. Not to sell tickets, not to... It's... <clears throat> it's about building and improving the team. That's it. Right. Like there's no more there's no more of that jack, you know, that 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 ridiculousness. There's no more of that ridiculous, you know, bringing in a Tebow or tickets or whatever. It's none of it's all gone. There isn't, but everybody desperately wants their still to be. I'm not saying you're wrong that that won't be the back page uh, page of the post. It will be. It will it'll be the back page of the paste as well. Just making sure that's out there. I haven't read the paste in years. <laughs> um, 
very it, liberal. It, it, it definitely will. But I, I think it's starting to carry so much less weight. These beat guys are out of their minds frustrated. Yeah. Oh, and, they, and they're then, completely frozen out. And then they drop the story with Dyer, Christian Dyer, and they give Christian Dyer the great – it was almost – you know, that was – it was like – I was thinking like Kaiser Sose. <laughs> you know, like when Chaz Palminteri is like, that was your reward, Verbal. That's why he let you – that's why he let you live. <laughs> that was the thing for – like Christian Dyer was like given a gift. Yep. Because he, he has been a good, snark-free beat guy. And so he got a team, you know, a high-level team executive. That's not a person familiar with the thinking of Rex Ryan's cousin, right? Sally Ann Kavanaugh. But I, it, it just amazes me how they can run that out there as a, leg, as a legitimate source and stand by it and defend it. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, I, I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like that, that aspect of it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Um, he, they haven't signed a cornerback and the Giants didn't. Now, did you see, did you see Rogers Cromartie's deal? Yeah, he got, I mean, it was five years, 35 million, and then it was 12, 15 million guaranteed. But yeah, but they're on the hook like for four years there. Really? Yeah. It's a, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but. Maybe it was CeeLo. Maybe it was uh, Lepresti. Said something like, I just got to look at the specifics of DRC's contract, and now I'm really sure why the Jets passed. Well, the Jets made him an offer, but they kind of made him like a one-year, $5 million they, they offer, made him, right? They made him the same offer he got from the Broncos last year. Okay. They made him a, a one-year show-me offer, $6 million. That's fair. And it's the, it's the same deal he got from the Broncos last year, and he had his best year ever on a one-year contract when he didn't have any sort of financial security, and the Giants just gave him a lot of financial security. I hope it works out for the Giants. They are making – but, you know, Itzik made the offer and then got on a plane and went down Louisville to watch Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Or he went down to Florida, I should say. Yeah. To watch Teddy Bridgewater. Like, he slid the piece of paper across the table. <laughs> right? Gave it to the agent. I'm thinking of a number. Slides it across the table. Now, he doesn't just wait on the other side of the desk. He gets up and walks out of the room. <laughs> and gets on a flight. Well, now, to Cromartie's, or Rogers Cromartie's credit, I'd be, I'd be taken aback by that also and be like, oh, I guess he doesn't really want me. That... I, 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 it does not bother me in the least. No, it, 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 in, fair, in fairness to him, okay. That's you know, fine. that's he. I clearly, I think he was trying to get more money out of the Jets and get a guaranteed deal like he got out of the Giants with the Jets. And then he went over to the Giants facility, and they were like, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, the Giants are spending. You know, the, the contracts are reasonable. I like what they're doing. But it's so clear what they're doing. Right. I mean, it's so clear that Jerry Reese has a three to four year window with Eli Manning, where Eli Manning is still, you know, a, a top quarterback, top 10, whatever you want to call Eli Manning, top eight quarterback. Is he elite? Whatever. Sure. <laughs> Fine. 
No, you have to. That's you have to talk about that. Oh, my bad. Right? Is Eli elite? But he's no. But he's he's rhetorical. He's elite. He's Eli. It's because his name. You know, it's because his name is in the word elite. You know I, did, that that's, I, I did know that. Did you, did you see that that's why that came? They did not sneak that past me. All right. <laughs> but you, you got three to four years left with him. Coughlin is an old man. You got like a year left with him. They went seven and nine last year. They're loading up. <clears throat> or six and ten? Six and ten? Seven and nine. Six and ten. Six and ten. They're loading up to be good again quickly. It's a very unreasian move here. You see, when Jerry Reese took over, he was still beneficiary of Ernie Accorsi drafts, but also they didn't do much in free agency his first year, and he built through the draft. Sound familiar? Mm. He didn't get killed for it. And that year they won a Super Bowl. You know, with draft picks of his, you know, contributing greatly. So, I, I just... I think the Giants are executing their plan, but Jerry Reese, to me, is acting like a guy who needs to win. I don't think his job's in jeopardy, necessarily, but I think he needs to show... He hasn't made the playoffs four out of six years. Now, those other two years, they won the Super Bowl. Right? Is that it? Or four out of four out of the last six? Or four out of the last five? Seven. Four out of the last... Uh, well, you go back to two, when they won the Super Bowl in 2008. 2007, 2008, right. Right, and then they won it again in... 2011. 11-12. No, 10-11. 10-11, right. But that's it. They, have made, they didn't make the playoffs in any other year. Right. Right. So it's been, it's been super... No, they made, no they made the playoffs the next year when Plaxico shot himself in the leg. In 2008-9, they made the playoffs. Remember, and they lost... They were like the two seed, and they lost in the first round to the Eagles. Did they? Yes. Remember, remember, they were like ten and one. Oh, I know. I do remember that. I thought that they might have spiraled out of control. No, they were like playoffs. They were like ten and one when Plexico shot himself in the leg. Right. I do remember that. And so, so they made the playoffs that year. And again, they were like a one or a two seed. They're really high seeded. They lost at home. Right. Anyway, it's a number of years. Out of the playoffs as well. You know, of course, the shine of those Super Bowl rings, pretty shiny. Always will be. Yeah. But he's, and to me, I think it, Itzik is executing. If you want to say that maybe they wanted to be in on Vontae Davis and that surprised them that they never got a chance to be in on him, okay. You got a lot of money, though. You got $10 million a year. Yeah, that's a lot. I just. Nothing seems like it's a surprise to me. Maybe the, what cornerbacks went for, or maybe they missed on Werner, but Werner never even visited. He never even got to them. No. He went to Tampa Bay, signed a $6 million deal, and that was that. So, and, you know, the other thing is, Brian, they love Walls. Yeah. Well, they, 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 love, they love Langster. They love Walls. They like what they have. They, I think they're still going to add another cornerback. I just don't think it's going to be one of these, you know, number one, quote unquote, shutdown guys. They're going to add more depth at the position. I'm almost positive they're going to add a veteran there, a veteran. And then then that'll be fine. They're build, we said it a couple weeks ago. They're building from the front out. Right. 
on that defense, it's entirely different than it was five years ago when they built from the back end in. So we'll see. Okay, the Mets, really quick. You disgusted. Not even anymore. You're the A-word, aren't you? I'm the a-hole. No, I didn't say no. I did not say that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm I'm just I'm just so tired of everything with them. I really am. So today they batted Zach Wheeler eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Juan Lagares ninth in a exhibition game. Well, they're trying it out. They're trying it out. That's uh, that's good. What are you What are your feelings on that? Like he's got nothing better to do. Is this a classic case, though, of it's an awful idea because it's the Mets? No. Like if Tony La Russa does this, which even in exhibition, in an exhibition game, Tony La Russa does this, nobody bats an eye. Nobody no, bats it, an eye. It's No. Look, I my whole feeling on the pitcher batting eighth is I think it's ridiculous. Overall. Overall. No matter like, who does. Like, like when La Russa was doing it, it was like, come on. You gotta, now, oh, here he is. He's, re, he's reinventing the game. Let's just, you know, let's try, let's do this now because I, I think it's stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's, I think it's utterly ridiculous. And, and for Terry Collins to try it, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but let's see, he's in over his head. <laughs> That's like, what are you doing? <laughs> He doesn't even know how to do it right. Right. That's that's my bigger concern. I don't think it's always stupid. I really don't. So now what's he going to do? He's going to bat Travis Darno in front of the pitcher. That's good. That that will help Travis Darno develop. That'll really get his confidence up there. Good. Good job. He he should see a lot to hit. Break. Oh, by by the way, Travis Darno has not has not hit, and he has not fielded in spring training. That's that's all you hear. Right. Hasn't done anything. Yeah. And he's got a hitch in his swing. He's got a hitch in his swing. Yeah. Good. So, well, let's, let's, let's throw him out. The, uh, the season's 11 days away. We'll, of course, be there. There's a lot to look forward to with this, uh, this Met team. Tell me. Tell me what there is. To look There's forward. nothing to look forward to. Okay. Not, not, uh, I have ceased. Hey. How about how about being uh, optimistic on opening day when it, when you know opening day hope springs eternal it's the first day of the season for everybody and everybody's in first place and you know the 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 banners are out the red white and blue is all the over bunting. the the bunting is all over the park and everybody's happy and they introduce the players and that's the one day of the year when there should be unanimous positivity and good feelings and, and joy because it's sports. We say this all the time. It's sports. It's supposed to be fun. And there's no reason why opening day of the baseball season, so you, the, especially the winter that we had, oy, with the snow and the cold. Okay, Rabbi. I'm just, look. I'm a New Yorker, all right? I can say that. It's supposed to be you're supposed to have good feelings. So, what are they going to do? They're going to trot Ike Davis out at first base who hasn't had a single at bat 
in spring training. Can't uh, he was uh, he was zero for three today. He played today. Great. They're gonna try. Uh, we're gonna call him Miguel Tejada. Ruben Tejada. I would take Miguel Tejada right now. At shortstop, who went three for three, and his three for three today should end any speculation that the Mets are going to try to get a shortstop. Because now he's, 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 good. he's, he's fixed. He's good. So you're going to, have, you're going to introduce him. So that's, that's two men fix, that are going, fix to, it. going to be booed out of their own stadium. And the most egregious of them all, in my mind at this point, is the opening day starting pitcher for the New York Mets is not the guy that everybody wants to see. Wait, wait, wait. You don't want to see Dylan G? No. Are you sure? It's not Bartolo Colon. The guy who no one wants to see. It's not Daisuke Matsuzaka. Sure. Jonathan Neese, who, um, it's March 20th, that we're doing this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by May 20th, his season will be over. I can, <laughs> I absolutely guarantee that. Because whatever's going on with his arm, will his arm still be attached? I think it'll be attached. You don't see it flying off. I don't see it, during a bullpen session. I don't think he can use it. He'll be able to use it for anything. I think he'll have to lift it with his other arm right. in order just to move it. Because it, it is, I mean, it's a joke. He's just, he is just season-ending surgery waiting to happen. I say by May 20th, he's done. I, I would take the under. All right. All right. But, so, so Zach Wheeler, who's pitching lights out in spring training. Five and a third today, Cal. Uh, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Okay, so that's not lights out, but that's, that's that's lights out. That's not lights out. That's good though. He's got a he pitched he pitched in the sixth inning in his second last start of the spring. He's got a one six nine ERA this. this no, but that's my point. His 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 spring has been terrific. Yeah, and better than anybody else. Better than anybody else. Yep. Yet for for well, I know the reason why his name doesn't even get brought up yep. when considering. A, the starting pitcher for opening day. And Terry Collins said it today. He's, he's throwing Dylan G out there for a couple of reasons. Number one, because Jonathan Neese can't start. Right. That's first choice. That's the, his first choice is Jonathan Neese. And since he can't go, he's going to throw Dylan G out there. The other reason he's doing it is to reward him for his longevity with the team. Well, it's been, a, it's been a huge three years he's been has here. He, has he been on the team three years, Steve? I believe he has. Okay. And one of those years, he had a, he had a blood clot in his arm. Correct. All right. That's, that's another reason. There was a third reason, and I can't remember what it was. There was, there it's, was not, it's not important. It's not, it's, right. It's not important. The, the fact of the matter is he's completely ignoring. Like, like ignoring. Like going out of his way to not say the word Zach and Wheeler in any sentence. Looks, yes. looks down when he passes him the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, hey, Zach. Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, no, no, it's uh, opening day. I don't know. We'll see. It's cool, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's 
the that's the guy. You've got forty thousand people come into the stadium. That's maybe, want, maybe. Well, maybe you're right. That's who they want to see. They want to see Zach Wheeler on top of because Matt Harvey's not there. So now let's 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 go down that rabbit hole for a second. All right. Wait, Matt, hold on, hold on. I just want to say one thing. Okay. You said uh, quite eloquently and succinctly what opening day should be in baseball. You know what it should never feature? Booing the home team ever. Or There's, the training staff. The, or the training staff. <laughs> That's sort of a tradition around here. They, they boo the trainers. Opening day should never see the home team's fans booing the home team, ever. Or any, anything associated with the home team. That's yeah. correct. You're right. On opening day. On opening, opening day. The season hasn't even been pissed away yet. Budweiser wants to make opening day a national holiday. Yes. And Met fans. Well, but that's a whole other story with Met fans that want to boo because they want to be negative. Yeah. And they're looking forward to doing that. And we, you almost, I wouldn't do it, but can you, can you get on somebody for booing Ruben Tejada? No. You can't. Right. So what were you going to say about Harvey? What I was going to say about Harvey is if he was healthy, do you think he would be starting opening day? Yes. He'd have no choice. I don't think, I don't think... Terry Collins would make him his first choice. I think he would be. I think he would be forced into it. You think if I, every pitcher is healthy, Nice is his opening day starter? I, I believe that's what he would want, and he would kind of like begrudgingly understand that. I guess I can't. I guess I'm going to have to throw Matt Harvey out there. I I don't know. I think he would start Harvey. Mm. Uh, I I. But it's it's a moot point. It's we, a moot we, point. We won't have to worry about it until next year. All right, but that's my. But the, but the point is, or or is Harvey's concerned till August? The point is that the fans are hurting from the fact that Matt Harvey is not going to be pitching that game. You're absolutely right. They can't wait for Noah Syndergaard to be there to pitch that game. So they have the ne- the next best thing is they have Zach Wheeler on the rotation, pitching lights out in spring training. Ready to go. He's very, very good. He's the promise of the future. That, that's all you hear about now. Because we, all we heard about was 2014. And now that it's 2014, you don't hear about 2014 anymore. Yet, here's the guy. He's the one guy that's here right now. And is, and is completely ignored. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, he's the guy who could also take a leap and sort of be a an ace of that staff. And he will, Steve, he will be. He will be. In, in very short order, he's going to be the ace of the staff. Within six weeks, he's going right. to be the ace of the staff. He's going to be the only thing, the only reason you watch every five days. Until Syndergaard comes up. Right. Right. So then, that's, then you'll watch twice every five days. Then I'll watch twice every five days because I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit down and watch an April weeknight game to see Daisuke Matsuzaka pitch. I'm not, I am not. You couldn't pay me to watch a game like that right now. Couldn't pay me with with Ruben Tejada at shortstop and Ike Davis at first base. 
Couldn't pay me. Luke Duda? How about if Luke Duda's there? I tell you, Luke Duda's a professional hitter. <laughs> and whoa, he's a big boy. 11, 11, he's going to hit some mistakes now. 11 uh, days till opening day, can't wait. It's, it's just, uh, and added to the reaction of everybody, of the media, who fuel it, and the Met fans, the woe is me Met fans, and the fact that this team, th- this organization has put out garbage Put out garbage. I Look, I, Sandy Alderson did not predict 90 wins like everybody wants you to believe. He didn't come out and make a prediction or a proclamation or that they're going to win 90 games. He didn't say that. Nope. He said that that's something they should think about. That's, that, that's, that should be the goal. That should be the goal. Well, well, you know what? You put out crap on the field, Sandy Alderson. You built a crap team. All right? You can't win 90 games with this team. Can, Steve, can you win 90 games with this team? No. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, <clears throat> not with a, no, not with an injured Harvey and not with Ruben Todd at shortstop and Ike Davis at first base. And, uh, no. That's a fact. So, no, if, you, so if you're going to set the expectation that that's something that the, that the organization should think about, that that's, that should be the mindset right now, and this is how you're going about operating your team – Sandy Alderson, have you spoken to, to Scott Boris lately? No. You haven't spoken to... Sandy Alderson has not spoken <laughs> to Scott Boris, the agent for Stephen Drew, a free agent shortstop. That's just sitting there, doing nothing, 11 days before opening day. Who immediately makes your team better. Sorry. Immediately. And, will not, and you're not going to have to take out another... Bank of America loan on your team to sign him. Yeah. Yet he hasn't hasn't even hasn't even spoke. Your general manager's job, I, <laughs> I, I believe. I, I haven't read the job description lately, but I believe somewhere a bullet indicates that talking to agents of players is one of your jobs. I would think. Or or if not <laughs> talking to the agents. Of, of your players delegating that responsibility to one of your staff to talk to the agent of a player it's got to be on that job description right? i would i would think would you maybe we, maybe we google it or we call jay horowitz up and he'll give it to us please don't don't get me started with jay horowitz don't please please don't please i can't i can't have my blood pressure go that high i can't can't have it i can't i can't take him and then to have matt harvey Make me feel sorry for the guy because he emasculates him in front of Andy Martino. You made fun of you. Wait, you feel sorry for Jay Horowitz? I felt sorry for Jay Horowitz. Don't do that, Matt Harvey. Have a little respect for the old man. Will you please? You're sitting there. You're doing an interview that he didn't okay. Everybody knows they don't want you to do one-on-one interviews. You definitely don't want them to do them with Andy Martino. Of all people... Matt Harvey, please do not run to the guy who's a Philly fan, a Philadelphia Philly fan who hates the Met fan base and is on record as saying so. Please, please don't run to him for a story to give him a story. Please don't. And then when Jay Horowitz comes over to you and says, we knock it off, don't, don't, don't do that to him. Don't emasculate the, the kid. Association. 
Yeah, I'm going to call the Players Association or whatever. He has a right to write the story. Uh, please, stop. Somebody tackle this kid. Seriously, Cal, somebody tackle this kid. I, you know, we... Enough. We, I, we, I don't care about the Ranger games. That, that, that crap means nothing. No, I, I agree with that. And it's all, it's all been nonsense, but it's all made me a little uncomfortable. This, it, it didn't even make me uncomfortable. I thought the reaction to it, and that's fine if it did for you. The re, I thought the reaction to it was stupid. Here's a 23-year-old kid who's very good. He's a phenom. If, if TMZ existed in 1984, they would have seen Doc Gooden doing the same thing. Okay? And, and worse. Worse. Yeah. Okay. But this, figure out what sort of relationship you want to have with your team. Figure it out. Yeah. Because you can't, you, you know, he wants to rehab with the team. He doesn't want to rehab in Port St. Lucie. That's fine. You bitch and moan all the time. We hear all the time about the Mets trashing players after they leave and doing things publicly and stuff. Well, it goes both ways. If you want to rehab with the team and not in Port St. Lucie, do it behind closed doors. Why are you talking to the media about it? You come off like a petulant child. See, where's David Wright in all of this? I think David Wright's trying. I think he can only put out so many fires at a time. Is he? I do. I, th- I mean, he had the long talk with Ike Davis that morning. You know, when the Mike Puma story uh, broke and, and yeah. everybody said David, or David Wright sat him down in the clubhouse before and Ike Davis walked away from him and did the interview anyway. I, I feel like David, David Wright's got his hands full. Yeah, maybe. He's trying to make sure Ruben Tejada's got his confidence. I mean, there's a lot going on in that room for the captain to take hold of, but Harvey is just acting a bit like a passionate child where they, they won't let me rehab with them in New York. I'm going to go to the media and take my case to them. Or how about that? I didn't like where they put my locker when yeah, it came down to St. Louis. Just keep it in-house. If you, you know... It, uh, unless you, you don't think it's reciprocal. So you get, uh, you know, Justin Turner comes out and, and destroys the team now that he's with the Dodgers and says that they, they badmouth people. And I don't know why they do it, blah, blah, blah. They, everybody's so upset that they ran Ruben Tejada down. I mean, everybody's so upset by this, Cal. Yeah. Everybody's so upset that they overheard somebody say he doesn't look like he's in better shape to me. This was the big thing that they said. This was the big disastrous thing that was said about Ruben Tejada. Not, yeah. that he, not that his swing is still garbage. Not that he has no confidence in the field and boots easy plays. Or that he cost you know, Matt Harvey a perfect game last year. Not that. None of that. Nobody says any of that. Somebody says he went to a, a fat camp. He still looks fat. And this is, is, has destroyed Ruben Tejada's confidence. I mean... Well, well, this and the fact that they were talking about going out and getting a shortstop for the last six yeah. months. Oh, right. Yeah, um, good job with that. How'd that, how'd that go, getting your shortstop? <laughs> how'd that go? They're so, they were so concerned with doing it, they didn't do it. Right, and first base. If you, if you, if, if you would have talked to Sandy Alderson in November. We did. And, the, the, you, you heard from Sandy Alderson in November. He said he wanted a new first baseman, and then, and he, didn't, and then he didn't do it. And a new shortstop. And look, and, and in 11 days, look what, look what we're going to get. Looky what we have here. 
And, I, and I, I've said this a million times, and I'm going to keep on saying it. Make it a million and one. They're symbols, Steve. They are symbols of right. the failures of the past three years. This was supposed to be the year to break from the past. No, you're right. You're and, very right. And they're just they're, they're throwing these exact same faces out there that have not – it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You don't have to be a baseball genius to know it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for three years. What makes you think that in year four, all of a sudden, it's going to work? Why do you think that? Because you're smarter than everybody? You what about, about Ruben Tejada's WRC+. Plus? Not even going to dignify that. Not even going to dignify it. Why? Open. How, what about? How about your eyes? Your eyes. You use your eyes to watch the game instead of studying advanced metrics. Okay. There, I said it. Please. <laughs> There's a place for it. This is not the place. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I guess I'm not apathetic after all. I'm <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, let's do the fun load. Let's bring PJ back in here. You ready? Yes. I feel like you got a lot of stuff. I still feel like garbage. You too? What the hell? That fun sounds so sarcastic right now. <laughs> fun. Whoop de doo. If ever one of our episodes Did remix that? The... that sounds better than ever. I I actually remixed it. It does. It sounds good. I uh, I didn't remix it. I wouldn't know the. I wouldn't know how. Oh. Yeah. Don't don't tell you. Playing with me. Yeah. If ever if ever an RTU episode needed fun. It's this one. Can you sing uh, Find a Little Christmas? We Need a Little Christmas. Can we sing that? <laughs> this episode, desperately in need of fun right now. Oh. The band, the ba- not the band fun. Not the ba- <laughs> We don't want them. Oh, I love okay. them. You love fun? I do. You love hipsters, don't you? You are, you are a hipster wannabe, Peach. You really are. Are they hipster? Yeah, yeah, they are. Cal almost couldn't get that out. <laughs> he turned into Ted Knight. What? <laughs> they're they're on the the uh, the Brooklyn crest, you know, like the <laughs> like if like if there was a flag for the borough of Brooklyn. The three of them on their Schwins. <coughs> yeah, it's like a big mustache. Like <laughs> the flag is actually a mustache. It's like a big, big like handlebar mustache. And then it's the three the three people from Fun on Schwinn bikes. Non-ironic Schwinn no, bikes. 
No, that's like it, they're it. not even writing them to be ironic. No, they're, they're trying. They're trying to get to the the uh, the cafe. That's the legitimate way that they go to the uh, to Starbucks. <laughs> no, not even Star. No, Starbucks. Oh, no. How dare you? Starbucks. It's true. No, no. That's how they go to the Richardson, which is an old timey bar on Richardson Street, where they serve uh, they have professional bartenders who serve cocktails there. And uh, the bartenders have their sleeves rolled up with the, the, yeah, sure. the sleeve garters. And they have mustaches, too. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously. Also, the, the mustache flag is heavily tattooed. Right. And has a trust fund. <laughs> so it's good. Hasn't, hasn't, hasn't worked a day. Has not worked Doesn't a day. change my opinion. I, 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 like, I like the album very much. <laughs> Still like the band. The music, I don't. I don't mind the music. I just I find their their uh, their presence to be a little much. Yeah, Peach, I would pay probably seven to eight thousand dollars to see you in skinny jeans. I would pay somewhere oh. in the ballpark somewhere in the ballpark of seven to eight to go out with you one night while you're wearing like Williamsburg hipster skinny jeans. Like the the. The tightest pair of jeans that I can no, this, possibly and the skinny, get on. And the, the skinny legs. Who are you going to pay this money to, PJ? Uh, we'll do it for charity. <laughs> the charity of your choice. I will pay $8,000 to to go out with you one night in Williamsburg while you're wearing uh, Williamsburg skinny leg hipster jeans. I got quite accustomed to going to the bus stop in stockings for a while. I'm sorry, what now? Forgot it. Forgot that I was... Well, you remember that I got bitten by a spider. Uh, sat down beside you? A couple of years ago, it did. And my legs... My legs swelled up something fierce. And they gave me these, like, therapeutic stockings. Oh, that's right. To, to ease the swelling. But it was warm out, so I would wear shorts... And bright white stockings, and I wouldn't think anything of it. I just go out, people looking at me like, "Hey, yeah, look at me, legs. How you doing?" Now, if you so lived skinny. in Williamsburg and you wore yeah. those out, everybody would be wearing them like next week. Oh, see, that would be the look. My window. You'd yeah. be the you'd be the trendsetter. This guy's onto something. Look at hey, did you see the? I got myself a pair of the white stockings. They're awesome. So how, how high does above the, the portly they man? Go? Put on skinny jeans. How they went? They would go all the way up to the thigh. Oh, they went up the thigh. Yeah, Se- sexy. Mm. Not Yee. really. Yee. No. <laughs> no, the the only the bottom of the leg is skinny. It's tapered. Right. And 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 in fact, the the ass on these pants looks like you have no ass. It's just flat. right. So they, right. So they down. So the rear Baggy end bottom, really. Maybe. That's right. The rear end sits really low. You get you know sort of plumber's crack uh, yeah. with these sort of things. It, they sit really low. They're like around your hips. Again, you you would not you could not be hotter in these peach. And then the, like the, ladies' pants that are accidentally put on a man. That's what they. That's kind yeah. of what they're like. Ego. Next next thing you know, old Jed's in Williamsburg. Except it's not an accident. No. There's nothing quite... I'm I'm Good. There's nothing quite like seeing somebody who spent two to $300 on a haircut 
to make it look like they just got out of bed. I know I sound like an old man. It just I, I this was going on when I was in my twenties and lived there, and it still cracked me up. I'm just not. I'm just. That's just not. I, so that's much worse now. Not though, me. Right? Oh, it's please. Like like the Costanzas out of Bayside, they ran us out of Williamsburg. <laughs> I had lived in that neighborhood for years, and eventually, you know, I only have four tattoos. They're gonna. They're gonna. I I wear a baseball hat. Like a baseball hat is supposed to be worn, you know, like I played with with the logo of a team on it. With the logo of it, that's correct, and a local okay. team, the logo of of an actual team here in New York, not the uh, Portland Trailblazers hat that with no bent brim, or like a Canadian business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or a Canadian DJ. <laughs> like, I didn't even know they had DJs in Canada. They do. They have all sorts of stuff. Okay, I have a proposal. <laughs> all sorts. They do. And then, um, do you have any fun load... load that's... <laughs> hey, Vinny, come and get your jacket. Um, do you have any of those, those Jay Mafali ones left? I don't. Do you... I was asking PJ. I know. No, it got very silent. Oh, 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 the Jay Mafal. Uh, uh Well, I thought you wanted to talk about True Detective, and we never got to. I, I do want to do that as well. You said okay. you had an idea, though. I did have an idea. I read the page. And oh, oh, good. Look at you. You had, well. Dude, putting in the work, putting in the hours. I love it. It's my contract now. I understand. Right, it's right next to the cliche provision, which we destroyed last week. <laughs> which we completely uh, crapped on last week. And um, after after uh, identifying yourself as part of the team. That's also in there. <laughs> so my idea was... Um, uh, it was given to me by a, a mutual friend of ours, the bishop, a guy named Tom. He's got oh, wow. red hair... He's got red hair and he plays bass. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Balls. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Tom has been listening to many of our shows. He's been traveling a lot, and he's listened to about, he said, 20 to 25 back episodes over the last few months. Nice. Yeah, he's been checking it out. It's just a shade under five years. Um, No, I I love it. And he had some some great ideas. He had some excellent ideas uh, for us. But he he had this excellent, what I thought was a great idea. Take a an old sports story like the George Brett bat pine tar incident and discuss it as if it happened yesterday. So in other words, take a sports event and put it into modern time with like social media and Twitter and I, I again like I'm still fleshing out this idea but it was interesting to me so it could be it could be something fun to do okay you know not not for like a whole show just do like no no I'm, yeah no I'm thinking I'm thinking yeah. about how that would work yeah like could you imagine what Twitter would, would have looked like after George Brett and the Pine Target well 
the first thing you know is there would have been a hundred different gifts of his face. Right. As he was running out of the... Yeah, and then, and all the memes and stuff like that. Yep. Like, yep. But also, his, his idea was to talk about the actual event. Like, was Billy Martin right to do that? Like, was George Brett in the right? How are they going to solve it? You know, what... So, I thought that was pretty cool. That, and that's actually a very good one to do. Yeah. You could do, you could do a bunch of those. So that was my proposal. I would like to uh, maybe investigate doing well, some of those. Well, I'm I'm on board with that. Great. I think, now I think you should form a small exploratory committee. <laughs> bring up a short list of possible events. Second. Flesh uh, it out. I second that. Cal, you third it. I I, I thought I firsted it. You did first it. I thought he did. I did. He was you, right on it. Can you first something? I don't know. I think, not. I think the guy who says it is automatically firsting. Well, does that does that mean it's it's Tom or is it you? Because you're the first person to say it on the show. I might be seconding, even though I'm firsting. So PJ, has I think we it. find a way to name the segment in some way after Tom somehow. I totally agree with that. Call it yeah, like I a history of great <laughs> balls or something like that. <laughs> second. <laughs> why Why can't we bring back the whole seconding thing? Like in a meeting? Like yeah, in a business meeting? It's not done nearly – it's not done at all anymore. It should be I want to bring it back. Oh, I disagree. And I, second, I, I, I second it. Thank you. I've heard it done. You've, You've heard, heard it? it. You, where, where, where are you hanging out? Are you at a Continental Congress? <laughs> You've seen my wigs. <laughs> I didn't know they were functional, though. I've I heard they were just cosmetic. Sure. Second. I just want it to be that integrated into the conversation, though. Well, you have to take the people that started saying cosine to then say second. Ah, uh, I got to tackle the cosine lobby. Yeah, because they're the ones that, that have ruined it. Cosine. Right? I don't like cosine. No, of course not. Nobody likes it. But that's a big one. No, nobody likes it. No, of course not. Nobody likes it. I think Phil Jackson uh, signing with the Knicks was the greatest idea they've ever had. Cosine. Yeah. Second. See, how how much better is second? So much better. So much better. You're making a proposal. It needs to be seconded. Uh, by By the way, I do not second that. I think it's a terrible move. That's okay. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about it. We got plenty of time to talk about that. Yeah, Phil J. It's it's, it's Conspir- conspiracy was in full effect this week. No, so. that's, there's no conspiracy there. I think it's James Dolan saying, "Don't look at this pile of burning crap over here. Look right. at this pile of burning. You know, look at this shiny thing over here. Yeah. Look away from the car wreck that is the Knicks season, and look over here at this guy who I'm paying a gazillion dollars to, who's never built a team and." And has no history of doing this and is taking $12 million a year to live in Los Angeles and telecommute as president of the team. And, uh, but he's got a lot of cachet, uh, cachet and he's got 12 rings and he'll help bring in free agents. Oh, and by the way, if we lose Carmelo Anthony, it'll be his fault. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Jimmy Dolan. Here's a copy of my album. Anyway. Peach, uh, do you have a uh, – oh, True Detective. I'm only on episode two. Oh, we no. Just watched, oh. Did, we, 
Yeah, we just oh, watched episode oh. two. Teresa was away, and and I'm doing uh, the show, watching the show with Teresa. So we just see, watched episode the, two. I can't and watch hold, that with my wife. I can't watch how? that. How do you Why do not? that? What? We're adults. It's too dark. It's too dark. Can't do it. Really? It's too unsettling. Like in the room? <laughs> so you can't be in the room with... T- like, she has to watch it at a different time. Yeah, there's something about it. I can't... No, can't. Will you talk about it with her, though, after the fact? Certainly. Okay. Can you give me other shows where this is the... I'm fascinated by this. I am completely... Can open worms everywhere. Completely fascinated by this. There, there are shows... Yes. Well, there are, this is probably all on me. There are shows that I can't watch with company. Like, I have to watch it alone. And then I can re-watch it with somebody else. Have to watch it alone. Game of Thrones is one of those. Can't watch it with somebody in the room. No, no. I, I, I don't know. I get, I get nervous and upset. <laughs> I love this. I, this. I have only, a very fragile psyche. Is this? Yes, we know. Is this only TV shows, or is this? Would this apply to movies as well? Oh, definitely apply to movies. Definitely. Give me a movie that you can't watch with somebody. A movie that I couldn't... Dead Man Walking. Wow. Got me so upset. I was very glad that I was alone, and I realized I couldn't have watched it with somebody. Is that, is that what it is, though, that, that a movie or a show evokes such a reaction in you that you don't want another person to see the reaction? I don't know. Or is or it maybe, that you won't, or, you won't have the reaction because you'll be right, self-conscious with the person there? That I may not be as immersed in it as I get because there are some shows that I just go right into. Like I'm slack-jawed and staring at the screen. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a stab here and say Deadwood was like that. Yeah. Deadwood was a we're called, we'll call them PJ loners. I watched Deadwood <laughs> Bishop, Bishop alone Loner. with the closed captioning on and a dictionary because sometimes they would actually use words that I did not understand. Wow, you are a lot of work, man. With an actual like a physical dictionary or an electronic dictionary that you could search, like type it in. At the time, it was the big red. Merriam-Webster dictionary on the couch with me. Wow. All right. We have to probe deeper here. Are you... Can you eat when you're watching these programs? I try not to. You're too into it. Yeah, I find it distracting to be eating. And you... (laughs) And you will... This is magnificent. And you will... And you will talk to somebody about it afterward. So, like, you'll watch uh, the episode of True Detective by yourself, yeah. really right. into it, maybe making notes. Who knows? Yes, and, I've done that. And I, then I you have. And then, <laughs> and then Tina watches <laughs> it a day later. You can talk about it for sure. 
if she's watching it, I'll, I'll like stand in the kitchen off to the side and wait till it's done. And then the second it's done, I run into the room. Well, that's not creepy at all. So that's good. <laughs> and I'll run into the room and say, wasn't it awesome? And then we have to talk about it immediately. How much does Tina hate that? Scale of one to ten. <laughs> I have I don't have much feedback on that. I don't know. We're gonna have to put her on the phone. I don't really. know. Really? And so the talking about you want after the fact, but you need to ingest it. The actual ingestion needs to be solo. Yes, a lot of, a lot of the time. A lot of the time. And Not so much with comedies, but with dramas. Horror movies. Well, yeah. I and do psychological you, thrillers. You would need a certain amount of time to kind of let it all sink in, too, right? Like, so if you're watching a show from 10 to 11, you're not ready to talk to anybody at 11.05, right? Uh, About any show like True Detective? No, because once the show is over, then I hop on the Internet and start doing some research. Right. Well, that's the new way to watch these shows. I mean, we, I was telling, you know, we were talking about this with Mad Men last week, Cal. Mm-hmm. And one of the more enjoyable things about that show is reading Alan Sippenwall's review of the episode like an hour later. Right. And then seeing all the comments and seeing how he breaks it down and then seeing how the Onion AV Club breaks it down. And mm-hmm. I just did this with uh, Inside Lewin Davis where the movie stayed with me so much – that like two days later, I was still reading articles and in, you know, uh, sort of community boards or whatever. Community boards? What? <laughs> um, but just looking, looking at blogs. <laughs> Were you going to supermarkets and looking at, like people would write it down on a little piece of Inside Lewin Davis Chat Club, Tuesdays, <laughs> 9.30 p.m. at Puss in Boots Cafe. <laughs> your own kind of support uh, group. It's fine. Right. No, but I, I, I really got into that aspect. I would say the magnificent thing here is, I'm going to stop using magnificent, but I would say the really oh. funny thing here to me is I am the exact opposite of that. Where you need to interact with someone during? I do, I do not like watching stuff by myself. Really? Oh. The only thing I like watching by myself, usually... Sports is sports, and and that's I'm talking about the wife, <laughs> right? And even that, like if she sits down and watches a half of football with me, I'm ecstatic. Well, that's great. So that's not even true. Like I like watching. There's not much I like to watch by myself. There's not much I like to do by myself. <laughs> I mean, while we're at it. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean it kind of works out that way though. With, yes. You know, when when you're when you're living such busy lives, it's very difficult to find the time, especially in the advent of the DVR and the on-demand. Yep. I don't. I I can tell you, and I'm and I'm being as honest as possible. I can't remember the last thing I sat down and watched with my wife at the same time. Cannot remember it. Yeah, you guys just, that's just not the operation there. No, 
No, and we and we could be watch. Oftentimes, and I think we've talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> we're watching the same exact thing, and I might have started it five minutes before her, and I'm in one room watching it, and she's five minutes behind me in another room watching it. Yeah, two separate devices. I don't Cal, think we talked about there... this on the show. I think we talked about this when we were yeah, at the dinner that night. Maybe. Is is there a genre of anything, Cal, that you have to watch by yourself? That I have to watch by myself? Um, that you wouldn't even consider, you know, having the wife no. in the room. No, I mean, I, I, would, I would love to watch things with her. <laughs> Maybe we should show her this. Maybe we should play the show for her. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work out. I li- I like that. I like that. I like getting like when Teresa gets into a show with me, like yeah. Mad like Mad Men. Like we, she got into Mad Men first and was like, "You got to watch this show." She has no problem watching anything without me, and eh, no problem at all. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. I I think my company is completely, completely. She's nonplussed either way. In fact, uh, oftentimes I'm annoying. <laughs> I have no you doubt. Talk the program. No, you I would talk her. Look, I'm not like my grandmother talking to a soap opera. But I, I am reactionary. If I see something, I'm not, you know, like screaming at the screen. But if I see something that's of interest to me, I will comment on it to her, often to her chagrin. Hmm. So like if something will happen in Mad Men, I'll be like, oh, I can't believe. What do you think's gonna? Do you think Peggy's gonna do that? I'm not huge that way. Or like I bet you Don does this, and just right. like a little, just like a little comment, because I know better. If it's if it's any more than that, I will be told to shut up. <laughs> if it's any more than a little nugget, I will be told to shut up. I also laugh at weird things that are not things that are necessarily funny. comedy. I don't know. Like watching True Detective the other night, watching that second episode, uh, which was really, really good. Again, really, really good. Cal, you gotta, I, I gotta, we gotta get you HBO Plus. We gotta do it. We gotta, we got you just, it's eight episodes. You gotta get on board here. Um, I'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> we, we gotta find a way to make this happen. Yeah. But there, there were, there are Woody Harrelson moments in it. No spoilers here or anything. There are just moments Woody Harrelson will say something, and it's just he says it in such a Woody Harrelson way that it's funny to me. Yeah, sure. So maybe it's not intended to be funny, or it's he does something that, you know, it's not, it's not slapstick by any means. It's a pretty serious show. Yeah, but he's but he's a little hapless sometimes. He's he's a little either hapless or. He'll do something or say something to McConaughey, uh, his character, uh, you know, McConaughey's character or whatever. That's funny. Maybe it's not intended to be, you know, but I just, I find it amusing. So I'll laugh and Teresa will be like, did that require an audible laugh? You couldn't just smile there? (laughs) Like you had to, you had to laugh out. That was LOL, really? I, PJ, I love this. I, I can all these years I've known you, this does not even remotely surprise me. What is the? I, I went to see Seven alone in the movie theater because I wow. knew just from the uh, the previews that I couldn't I couldn't have anybody sitting next to me while wow. I watched that one. I think I've been to one movie alone in my life. 
Seriously? Yep. What movie? I, I, you know what? I don't even remember. I don't even remember what it was. It was in L.A. It was when I lived in L.A. And I don't even remember the movie. I've been to one movie alone also. And I can tell you it was Mimic. <laughs> oh, that movie was fun. The Mimic? No, not The Mimic. 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 The, 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 mimic. the big cockroaches in the subway. With the, yeah, yes. Yep. The, I, the, the Mimic was a Saturday Night Live sketch with yes. Alec Baldwin. The Mimic. Why do you keep saying everything you say? Why do you keep saying everything I'm saying? <laughs> you went to see Mimic in the theater by yourself. I did one one time ever in my life, and I, I, I there was nothing special about it. It's not like there's a story behind it. It was just I, I think it came out when I was in college, and I was you know it was an afternoon between classes. I said oh, I'm gonna go see Mimic. I'm interested in that. My my wife, my girlfriend at the time, who then subsequently became my wife, <laughs> same person, same 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 one. Um, I had no interest in going to see it. No. So I said, oh, "I'm going to go see it." Wow. Yeah. You you went all in on mimic. Yeah, that's the one. I can't even remember the movie I went to see. I know I went. Can't remember what I think it was. Horror movies are are. Are great group experiences, and they're also great solo experiences. There's no, there's no chance. First of all, I don't watch horror movies to begin with because I don't like being. Scared. I know. I wish I could. I wish I could get you into those. N- there's no chance. So many quality ones. So many quality ones. And second, the thought of watching one alone. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. I need to sleep every once in a while. I know that. Well, <laughs> see. No way. No, 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 no. No negatory, good buddy. Negatory. Absolutely. You watch a good horror movie, and then you you walk down the hallway into the bathroom, and the, coincidentally the light bulb blows out, and you, you lose your mind. <laughs> and pants crap. I don't see how that's fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the enjoyment in that. I never have. I know, I know a lot of people do. I just I, I don't get it. Yeah. Or at least, at least I can't experience that. I can't. That 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 experience doesn't work for me. My imagination is too sort of unruly <laughs> and and too difficult to control to watch movies like that. Like I can't put those images in my head because I can't get rid of them. Right. And they will be augmented many 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 times over by my own imagination. It's like people want to they they seek to feel that emotion. Yeah, they want to, and I, and that's just that that is an emotion I have no desire to ever feel. I ain't programmed that way. Low debt, low debt. Hey, Peach. Last thing on this, and then we gotta we gotta finish up. Give me the ultimate. Is Game of Thrones the ultimate you have to watch alone, or is it something like Twin Peaks? Oh, like, like uh, well, what in your history? What in your history has been the ultimate had to watch alone? I think you just—it's David Lynch movies. Okay. I cannot bear to be with other people when I'm watching a David Lynch movie because other people are giddy about them and they talk through it, and it makes me nuts. Okay. Whereas, like, I sit and study them and revere them, and I need to be alone. And then I'll Give talk me- to you about it later. 
but you know, we, well, we could talk all night. But when the movie's on, I, I need to be alone. What's the most of the Lynch movies that that's true for? The most like intense, where I really need to be alone. Yeah, the the one that that the one that took you like a, a, a was like a week in solitary. Oh, Inland Empire. Wow. Which I, yeah, that's the three-hour one with Laura Dern. Well, aren't they all the ones with Laura Dern? <laughs> He's fond of Laura Dern. <laughs> yes. Well, who isn't? You'll see her a few times. Yeah. She's a force of nature, that one. PJ, final unload, please. Bishop. Well, I, I've been talking about it before, and I'll mention it again. I, I, I'm re-watching seasons one through three of Game of Thrones. Uh, and Game of Thrones does start on April 6th, and it's kind of all I can think about, so... That's what I need to talk about, Game of Thrones. That is all. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll find a moment. I'll, I'll say it. Happy, uh, welcome to New York, Phil Jackson. Welcome back to New York, Phil Jackson. It's interesting. He's got credibility. He's never built a team before. You're right. But I'm curious to see where this goes. And you know what? It made me put the Nick game on last night. First time all year. So... Welcome back. And my final unload is, I went to the Barclays Center last night, boys, for the first time. A buddy of mine got tickets to a Nets game late, and uh, so I went to check it out. Obviously scouting it for the Islanders in 2015-16. It is glorious. They have a barber shop in there where they're doing, like, fades <laughs> and, you know, uh, flat tops and stuff like that. I hope they keep it and they do mullets for the Islander games. be awesome. All right, we'll be back next week. Ready to unload with Callum and Pete. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, rtusports.com, and also we're on Stitcher, so please check that out. And, of course, the No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, live coming to Connecticut and New Jersey near you. Good night, boys. Game of Thrones. Pete, do you want to watch a movie? No. <laughs> Not with you. Load it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.